welcome to Plan for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive in emotional intelligence, sex, love and love attachment theory, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. I'm your host, DJ. I'm a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner here to be of service to all of the listeners interested in love and relationships. This is the introductory episode of Plan for Keeps podcast. On this episode, we're going to speak on the vision for the podcast and why it was created, along with speaking about love attachment theory. I truly believe learning your attachment style is the beginning of healing for a lot of people. Learning attachment style also can help you navigate and finding great relationships. My name is DJ. I'm the host of this show, and today it will just be me. But we do plan on doing bi-weekly interviews with social media influencers, life coaches, authors, and therapists that have great insight on relationships. The basis around this podcast will be about love, sex, emotional intelligence, therapy, attachment theory, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Plan for Keeps is also a dating app that incorporates compatibility games based on emotional intelligence, love style, and sexual compatibility. With our app and podcasts, we want to bring self-awareness and emotional intelligence into the mainstream dating scene. So like I said today, we're going to speak on love attachment theory. So I'm going to be reading some notes that I put together to talk about the four different love attachments within adults just so I don't miss anything. And also for listeners to really be able to pinpoint and maybe identify with which one they feel like they relate to the most. I don't want to be rambling off the top of my head and then I miss certain points. Love attachment theory is based on a theory introduced by British psychologist John Balby in the 1950s and 60s that proved that everyone has a certain love attachment style or manner and behavior in relationships based on their childhood experiences. In adults, there are four attachment styles, the secure attachment, the avoidant attachment, the dismissive attachment, and the anxious attachment style. There are also different attachment styles labeled for children that show the upward pattern to how an adult can lead to one or the other attachment styles that I mentioned previously. Like I said, I'm gonna briefly go into each attachment style. So the secure attachment style, people with secure attachment style often grow up in households where they feel secure. Their parents or caregiver was always around, but at the same time gave them space to explore. Children are often able to express their emotion without feeling they're going to be punished. For example, the child may be playing and expressing themselves and while playing loudly, instead of a parent who always makes them hush or punish their child, when they show any type of emotion towards being told to be quiet or playing too rough, these children usually become more expressive as adults and are able to communicate their emotions and feelings to partners without feeling the need to hide anything, which creates room for productive conversations. People with a secure attachment style also have trust in their partners and allow them to explore their own interests and pursue their own goals while working together to build a long-lasting partnership. People with secure attachments aren't prone to disagreements, but where secure attachments differ from people with insecure attachments are their ability to problem solve and not attack or act out on their lover. 
the dismissive attachment. So children with avoidant attachment style usually grow up to have a dismissive attachment style. They may have grown up with a parent or caregiver who was very strict, that believed heavy discipline was the best way to raise a child and punish their child when they displayed emotion or were too loud. People with a dismissive attachment style may have grown up with one or none of their parents and the caregiver didn't pay too much attention to them at all. This individual could have been left alone a lot and was left to fend for themselves. Children in these environments grow up subconsciously to believe that their emotions and feelings lead to punishment and presents fear. They learn to keep their feelings hidden from their strict parents, which ultimately carries over in school amongst friends, relationships, and so on. Adults with dismissive attachment style are characterized as being distant or detached in relationships. They normally have very strong personalities and come across as independent. This is usually a cover-up so they won't have to express their emotions and feelings. When a partner of a dismissive acts for intimacy or closeness, the dismissive partner tends to pull away. Since they have trained themselves not to rely on caregivers, they believe real authentic intimacy and attachments are not needed for survival. Needing space is normal in any healthy relationship, but a dismissive requires a lot of it in their relationships. Another thing that a dismissive does to avoid getting close to their partner is to solely focus on their partner's flaws. They also idealize an imaginary figure or an earlier relationship that ended before it began labeling the relationship as the person that got away. This is another mind trick to keep intimacy at bay when their partners get too demanding and the relationship grows tiresome to them. If you're wondering if you fall under this attachment style, here's a few questions to ask yourself. Do you feel closest to your loved ones when you are apart? Do you find yourself pulling away when your partner is seeking emotional or physical intimacy? Do you seek to remove yourself from stressful situations or conflict? Do you feel emotionally disconnected from others? Do you ignore calls and messages? Do you tell partners you're not ready for a commitment, but stay with them anyway? Do you focus the majority of the time on your partner's flaws? Do you compare your partner to your ex? Do you refuse to say, I love you? Do you flirt with others in front of your partner, introducing insecurity into the relationship? Do you pull away after a positive interaction, such as a date or intimate conversation? Do you form relationships with others that have no future? For example, someone who may be married. Do you avoid sex? Last but not least, do you avoid sharing a bed with your partner? The next one we're going to get into is the fearful avoidant. So children with anxious, disorganized attachment usually grow up to have a fearful avoidant love style. Fearful avoidants usually have parents or caregivers who were emotionally or physically abusive. And the display of scary behavior from the caregiver could have been life-threatening. These children are in a terrible dilemma. Their instinct may be to flee for safety, but the safety may be in the very person who is frightening them. Parents can frighten their children in different, often unconscious ways. It might be through abuse or neglect, but it could also be through unresolved trauma and loss in the parent's own life that leaves him or her feeling afraid, which unintentionally scares the child. When placed in such a situation as a child, you become anxious and it disorganizes your belief about love, safety, and security. 
causing fear without any resolution in the form of love. In response, they seek to avoid all social situations and contact with others. They see this as protecting themselves from harm. They become withdrawn and starved for love. The fearful and dismissive attachments share a lot of the same characteristics, except for the fact that the fearful avoidant hasn't fully given up on closeness and intimacy. But at the same time, they're scared of it. So when it actually comes to them, they fall back, becoming avoidant. As an adult, having a fearful avoidant attachment style of love can make it hard to maintain a stable, healthy relationship. They simultaneously fear of being too close and too distant from their partner. Fearful avoidants understand that they need to open up to get close, but getting too close can be fearful since they are afraid of being abandoned. They tend to become overwhelmed by the intensity and inconsistency of their emotions. They struggle to build trust and rely on their partners to do all of the work of building and trusting and have little faith in their relationships. Besides behaving unpredictably, their number one inner conflict is that they crave intimacy one minute and then they resist it out of fear of getting hurt the next. If you question, if you fall under this attachment style, see if you can answer these questions below. Do you desperately seek emotional intimacy, but simultaneously feel as though it's safer to be alone? Do you feel like emotional or physical intimacy will lead you to getting hurt? As a child, was your caregiver physically or emotionally abusive? Did your primary caregiver show love one minute and then hurt the next? Those are the questions you can ask yourself if you feel you may fall closer to the fearful avoidant. And if you answer yes to majority of those, that may be your dominant attachment style. The next one we're going to get into is the anxious attachment style. So children with anxious, oblivious attachment style usually grow up with anxious attachment style. Adults with anxious attachment may grow up with caregivers or parents who had the best intentions in the world for their child, but may have not been able to spend much time due to work. Some situations could be as deep as a caregiver or parent not approving of their child and ignoring them. As a child, you focus on the fact that your parent or caregiver isn't there for you. We view our first bonding relationships as inconsistent and not secure. Sometimes as a result, we become clingy, desperately longing for attention. We believe the only way to get this attention is to raise our emotional state by screaming and throwing tantrums. In the other case of the parents ignoring and disapproving of the child, it could go as far as acting out in school and in other places. Once the child gets the attention they seek, they act oblivious and detached, disguising their feelings of hurt and abandonment. Children with an anxious, oblivious attachment style often grow up to be unpredictable, moody adults that struggle with their self-esteem. Adults with anxious attachment want to be close and are able to be intimate with their partner. To maintain a positive connection, they give up their needs to please and accommodate their partner. But because they don't get their needs met, they become unhappy in the long run. Anxious attachment style adults also are known as people pleasers and will save their partners, often getting bored with secure partners, not knowing what to do with themselves in a stable relationship, feeling they have to prove their worth and work for a great relationship. Normally ignoring all of the signs of a bad partner and looking for potential only and idealizing the thought of being in a relationship rather than the actual state of the relationship. 
They're preoccupied with the relationship and highly attuned to their partner, worrying that he or she wants less closeness. They often take things personally with a negative twist and project negative outcomes. This could be explained with brain differences that have been detected among people with anxious attachment. To alleviate their anxiety, they may play games or manipulate their partner to get attention and reassurance by withdrawing, acting out emotionally, not returning calls, provoking jealousy, or by threatening to leave. They may also become jealous of his or her attention to others and call and text frequently, even when asked not to. If you can answer yes to majority of the questions below, you may fall under the anxious attachment style. When you argue with your loved one, does it make you feel extremely anxious or overwhelmed? When your partner requests a little alone time, do you hound them for attention until they give in? Do you feel the need for constant reassurance within your relationship? If your partner is away, does it make you question their love for you? Do you hang around your partner's workplace hoping to run into them? Do you make empty threats about leaving? Do you pretend to be unapproachable, leaving messages unanswered or pretending to be busy? Do you attempt to make your partner feel jealous? Or do you display hostile behavior in a disagreement? With all of this being said, you can embody every single attachment style in certain situations. The attachment style you act on majority of the time is usually your dominant attachment style, even outside of a relationship. The one that you act on the most is probably your dominant attachment style because you still can act in each and every one of these attachment styles and not be in a romantic relationship. Whichever one you identify with the most single or in a relationship is probably the one that you identify with. And if you feel like you identify with any of the insecure attachment styles, whether dismissive, fearful, or anxious, and you feel like it's getting in the way of having a healthy relationship, first thing is bringing it to the conscious mind and being aware of it. The second thing is making sense of your story, maybe putting the pieces together, digging up childhood memories, putting those pieces together, and then moving forward so you could possibly have a happy, healthier relationship. Sometimes those wounds can be so deep that you may need therapy or you may need their self-help books. There's a lot of different things you can do to dig more into your attachment style and see how you can move towards, I would say, a secure attachment style, but I believe being more secure within yourself. So say if you're an anxious attachment and you have self-esteem issues or you're worried about your partner, I'm sure you'd want to lean more towards being more secure within yourself. Not worrying about your partner so much so you don't look so crazy or not having self-esteem issues. Like I said, just digging up your childhood, seeing where you fit and how you can improve your attachment style for you. Not just trying to be this superior, secure attachment style, but just being more secure within yourself. So when you're in your present relationship, you're secure within yourself. And then even with your little quirks, your partner can accept you for you. It's not really about changing who you are, but it's about changing certain traits that you may, unhealthy traits that you may have that could affect your relationships due to your attachment style. And as for me, I identify most with the anxious attachment style. I have been known to be a people pleaser. I'm also somebody who gets very bored in relationships really quick because for the longest time, I felt like I had to 
prove my worth. And even now, as I'm studying and I'm doing the work, I am learning that I don't have to prove myself to be with anybody. So learning to be secure within myself, learning myself so when I do get in the right relationship, I can show up in the right way and be with somebody who also is in a healthier state who I wouldn't have to people please or try to rescue from anything. That's it for me today. I just wanted to dive into the different attachment styles. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you do, go ahead and subscribe and download. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in today's show. If you like this podcast, go ahead and download and subscribe. Also, if there's anything you would like to discuss on this show regarding relationships, send an email to info at P, the number four, kdating.com. Again, that's info at P, the number four, kdating.com. Our dating app plan for keeps will be launched this June. Again, thank you for tuning in and bye for now.